This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Report. Let's do the show, folks. Gum, gum, gum. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Star Report. And welcome to you, Mr. Scott Riefen. Hi. Hi, hi. Welcome back. Ouch. When last we left. Yes. Out, I, I, promise, yeah, I promise you, ladies, I didn't just hit him. No, not this time. But when last we left, he did. <laughs> when last we left. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, no, no. We actually, um, through, through magical means of the internet, are watching part of, not all of, the... Um, Rise of Skywalker. We we were doing about a com- thinking about doing a commentary, but it kind of worked out because I was tired this morning, and you already <laughs> did one. So, <laughs> but no, I just want to talk to you about Rise of Skywalker. How's that sound? Uh, I would love to talk about Rise of Sky. I'm dying to talk about Rise of Skywalker at most what? moments these days. Really? So yes. even after a, a two plus hour commentary available now on the My Star Wars Story feed, yes, podcast feed, uh, you're still gunning for more. You know, the funny thing is, we started. I st- I started sending notes to people after we finished the commentary going golly you know there's this and then there's that and there's one of these and five of those I, uh, neat little things like the fact that um, we know that Kylo Ren can, are we spoilering this up oh oh, my god yes yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this Scott just so you know this is sort of putting a, a button on our sequential we've been doing a series of topical episodes mm. Uh, kind of analyzing the characters in significant moments, but this I is saw Ray's story arc in, one, yeah, yeah. And so we've uh, did the redemption. We've talked about redemption. We've talked about the original trilogy characters, but now I think it's time to just like to, in to the words of Gilligan, Gilligan's Island, and the rest. Oh yeah, uh, I just want to touch base with like you on the Rise of Skywalker overall. Well, I think uh, I thought we were going to do an hour on Babu Frick, frankly, oh, but uh, that's true. Uh, which I would do Hello. also. I, yes. I Babu. Frick. <laughs> um. But the. Uh, it's just neat little touches, neat little things. Yeah. Um, when, obviously, all these years, Kylo Ren has been hearing Darth Vader's voice. Yes. We know that's a phony now because we heard when Anakin speaks from beyond the grave, he's Anakin. Yeah, exactly. And Which, all, which I always thought was a little weird, but I was like, yeah, I'll go with it. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was phony all this time. Yeah. And that's, I mean, but they, they took the time to make that distinction. Mm. I love little stuff like that. I'm going to steal from my buddy Shaz Bazaar. Yeah. Who found this amazing thing, and it's called Kintsugi. Okay. And Kintsugi is... Babu Frick's cousin. No, when you... Uh, Listen to this now. When you've broken something... Okay. And then you piece it back together, and it's still got all the cracks and everything. You keep it around as a justification for Kintsugi, highlighting the cracks and repairs as an event in the life of the object... Rather than allowing its service to end at the time of its damage or breakage. Oh, that sounds familiar. Well, it seems like that's Kylo Ren's helmet. And his soul. And his soul as well, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Interesting. But yeah, so, I mean, we broke the helmet, mm-hmm. but yet 
we put it back together and we let the cracks show. Yeah. Because and that's a Japanese There's a tradition. Lot of that. You that know, Luke's lightsaber. Yeah, that's true too. Yes, let the cracks show in that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was a neat little thing that he brought up. Hmm. I'm trying to think of it. So we got Kylo Ren's soul, Luke's lightsaber. Mm-hmm. We've got, uh, of course, Kylo Ren's helmet. There's a lot there. Um, but it is. Uh, it it kind of ties into the overall theme of this film, which we talked about leading up to. And I think it, now's a good time. It's been a few weeks. Now's mm-hmm. a good time to sort of circle back to where we were g- going into this movie. Uh-huh. And I remember the uh, a very sort of sea sh- shift, sea change in the way that I started approaching this film and started getting pretty excited about it mm-hmm. um, in a way that I hadn't in a while. Uh, certainly not for Solo, not even as much for Last Jedi, even going into it. Um, and that was that final trailer release when it came out and uh, honestly that was kind of your reaction because you're usually a pretty even keel guy when yeah. it comes to especially marketing material you're not easily like sucked into the hype no you're not doing reaction videos no but reaction videos we watch please do me a favor if i ever do a reaction video just have me put to sleep okay <laughs> I still remember Bruce and I did an ironic reaction video. It's still on the Star Wars Report YouTube channel. <laughs> and our, our, our challenge was do not react. Like, our faces mm. are allowed to twitch the whole time. That's kind of how I am when I watch the stuff normally, too. Yeah, it is kind of like eyes glued to the screen. But it, we, I, was, I got really excited about this movie because, like, you were just, you were gung-ho. You loved that final I, trailer. I the, did. That C-3PO moment, one last look at my friends. Did this movie live up to... Um, that uh, circle back to nostalgia that they were showing in the trailer, the one last look at my friends moment. I think it. I think it did. The, the thing that amazed me about this movie, and, I, and I've talked about this, I think, with you before. You know, I love Kiss. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in their heyday, it was fun to go see them live because they would go on stage and do every single thing they could, short of you know breaking their own necks to make sure everybody in the place had a great time. Yes. And uh, that's one thing I always loved about it, just going out there and putting every, leaving it all out there and just saying, here you go, everybody, we're going to make everybody happy here tonight. Mm. And that was the feeling that I got watching this movie. Mm. I felt like the filmmakers were doing everything they could to make everybody. And, you know, we, we have, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but we have some, you know, we've had some mm-hmm. shattered fandom over the last couple of years. No. And yeah, <laughs> it's no. amazing. And I thought they did. And it's interesting because there are a lot of moments that I see people as saying, well, you know, he, they're really slagging The Last Jedi. They're really going after yeah. him. And a lot of times when you look at it, it's not necessarily slagging The Last Jedi. It's enhancing what happened there mm. or it's following what happened there in, in what could be a logical sense. Um, I think yeah. they did. I think they did everything they could to try to please Everybody. In fact, to the point that I started laughing at the end mm-hmm. when Chewie got his medal because it was just like there was, was a, a- <laughs> there was a series of let's here's here's you know they just got through with the Raylo moment yeah they'd had a couple other moments they had the LGBTQ moment and then all of a sudden Chewie's medal and I just started laughing I was like how many of these things are they going to buy on right, here then right there when all of the, when the whole movie theater staff brought us all chocolate ice cream I was yeah just like, they were just like and and here you go foot massages <laughs> what was that all about J J Abrams actually gave everybody in the audience a foot massage well it was fantastic Personal, i don't know how he got around to all he's good no night. he's good You're right though it is um um 
and, and I've sort of, and I, I've mentioned it on the show here, but I've sort of boiled down my, like, 10-second review, like, hey, what'd you think of the movie? Yeah, um, I to, too. Like, it is the sort of buffet of Star Wars desserts. Like, even, mm. I have a huge Star Wars sweet tooth. I love all this stuff. And even yeah. I got a little bit of a sugar rush by the end of it. Like, yes. it, was, it was heavy-handed. But what I've, I think what I've realized upon repeat viewings is that beneath all of the kind of applause moments there was a a lot of mythology and a lot of tie-ins to the the Star Wars story writ large yes that um gave it a kind of gravity that in some other movies and I'll name it like Rogue One where there's a mm. there's a couple of those sort of turn to camera hey get it it's from that other movie you've seen yeah. where it comes off a little more cheesy than in this film where I think it actually works yeah, well, I, the part of the thing is they don't have time to stop and wink. No, there is no time in this pacing. We um, don't serve their kind. Or yeah. like, or what was the? Uh, I don't like you. And yeah. that was literally the one you're like, oh, okay, all right, yeah. okay, it's the other dude. Yeah, I didn't. I, I was not a fan this of that is moment. Not even Tatooine. It didn't even sure. look right, but that's <laughs> that that bothered me. But this thing, uh, again, I I was suddenly filled with happiness when I left the theater, and then immediately regret. Oh, yeah? And regret in that we didn't get a full acquaintanceship of all of these characters until the end of The Last Jedi. Mm. I mean, Pin and, Pin and Foe. Finn and Poe knew each other. <laughs> and uh, But then, you know, Finn doesn't, or, or uh, Poe doesn't meet Ray till the end of Last Jedi. Yeah. And so you get the three of them together on this adventure in this movie, and you just, you sit back and go, why didn't we get more of this? Yeah. It's so funny, because I, you know, I see a lot of people grousing that we didn't get the original three together. Hmm. We didn't get these three together until this movie, and I regret that probably more because there were going to be more opportunities for these guys. Uh, they have an amazing chemistry, great chemistry for this cast. Yeah. No, and it does, and it works on a level that we hadn't seen yet. And I, I, I remember J.J. Abrams, when he was writing uh, The Force Awakens, they struggled in the first few weeks of shooting by trying to kind of make the... Ray and uh, Finn dynamic a little bit more Han Leia, a little mm. more combative, and it just didn't work. They, no. and, and so he kind of they redid it as much more earnest relationship. They went full on the other way with nothing but affirmation. Yeah, exactly. you're great. Oh, you're oh, great. No, no, you are great, man. No, you were so you're great. great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm Finn. I'm Ray. Um, yeah, but it worked. Like between those, there's there's an mm. earnestness to that that I love in the Force Awakens. But here we have that chance to see that uh, I'll say it flirtatious back and forth between yeah. Ray and Poe. Well, and they know like, each other. Yeah, we don't, and you don't have to read too much into it. But like I will say that when I was watching it with my fiance, she was kind of. Re- rooting for them to get together yeah um, well. but i think that's an example of this really like th- this energy this 1940s 50s dialogue that mm. kind of fast rapid pace that yes. works in the same way that um hanalea it, it worked well and luke in yeah. the original film and that's and that was the inspiration for it in those films you came so. in that thing yeah yeah kind of like you're braver this. than i thought yeah but i i just loved how that that it really ties well into the the overall you know, theme of the movie. Uh, do you think um, that JJ cut too much out? I've seen that as a criticism of just like how um, fast paced this film is. I would like to see more. Um, and we've talked about this before. I don't know if you and I have talked about this, but I've talked about this movie with so many different people because I just, I mean, I'm grabbing strangers on the street just to talk about this movie. <laughs> yeah. have, you, um, have you heard the good news? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I, I know. For me, I'd like to see more because I feel like there is more. 
I feel like there's more to say. I, I feel like this is two movies, and I will say mm, it. I will I've say that it a lot. Flat lay, out. Lay that out because you actually we were, we were talking before we got on air. You you actually have a pretty concrete theory as to like how this could almost be JJ's two movies if he did a middle act yeah. crammed into one. Yeah, right about the time that they have the conflict in in uh, Kylo's quarters. I assume that's his quarters or the mm. Kylo Ren Museum. Yes. I yes. don't know if she paid a mission to get in there or not. The but, Sithsonian uh, as it has the been Sithsonian. Dubbed. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's not just that. It's so funny because like, he is a collector. You go there, there's Chewie's belt. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> it's yep. his crossbow. It's like, I'm just collecting all this stuff. But... Um, in fact, I have Chewy Bandolier straps that I bought on Closeout as well back in the late 80s. Oh. So, um, but I thought you were going to say like after Solo came out. No, 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 no. I got uh, one of the neat things about the late 80s was occasionally somebody would empty out a warehouse mm. of stuff they didn't really know was there and it would get sold like for nothing. So like for 99 cents, I found a stack of Chewy Bandolier straps that were designed. I don't know if you remember these or not. Kenner does late stage. Kenner had this Chewy Bandolier strap and each section of the Bandolier strap was padded to hold an action figure. No way. So you carry your action no, figures on your Bandolier strap. Nice. I have a few of those in my storage unit or the mm. future Scott Rifen museum. <laughs> um, yep. But uh, yeah, I, right about the time they're in there, he makes the big reveal. She's a, she finds out she's a Palpatine. They have the big fight. Uh, that seems to me to be that it, first off, it's about the middle of the film. Yeah. And secondly, dramatically it's, it's the cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I, it's the, I, I am your father moment. Yeah. yeah, it really is. It is exactly that. And it's funny because one of the things that, uh, this movie opened lower than last Jedi did. Yes. And one of the things I think that, that hurt it in its opening was that lack of a clear cliffhanger at mm. the end of last Jedi. And again, yes. that's not a last Jedi analysis. That's not slagging last Jedi, but there was a lack of a clear cliffhanger. When you go back and you watch infinity war versus Endgame, mm, Yeah, you know, that's true. We spent a year going, Holy cow. Talk what happened? About, to these guys, yeah. everybody disappeared and what's going on. And, you know, Spider-Man went away and, and he became a meme and, <laughs> you know, and we didn't have that after last Jedi, uh, for people to go, God, what is going to happen next? Mm. Um, so I, I, I think that would have been a good little moment to have, there's your cliffhanger into the final and you know i i don't know about you mm. i have no problem with episode 10 yeah you know? <laughs> or they could do you ready or they could do episode nine part one and part two like they did harry potter and <laughs> oh god twilight that's like fine too everything yeah hobbits all yeah that became three yeah that's um, fine too whatever it's it's interesting because there is a lot of movie that wasn't there. I just um, I was flipping through the visual dictionary for the first time today, mm-hmm. and it's funny you can kind of tell the parts of the film that were cut by like the characters that have these giant spreads with multiple information that Pablo Hidalgo is going into depth on. So like perfect example is um, I don't even remember his name, but the uh, the character that uh, Dominic Monaghan plays, yeah, yeah. he's kind of like he has this whole backstory about how he was <laughs> a professor. Mm-hmm. An archaeologist who was fascinated with ancient Sith and Jedi texts and really knowledgeable about them, and then left to fight the when Hosnian Prime got blown up. He left to join the Resistance, and he's become like a, a, a key player in the Resistance and working with Ray and Leia. And of course, all he is in the movies, he's like, yeah, here's a little bit of exposition on the ancient Sith yes. thing, and here you go, off you go, way fi- find the wayfinder, and go. Beaumont um, Kin. But there's like a lot. Yeah, Beaumont Kin. Yeah, there you go. Scott's got it open. But it's like this whole Indiana Jones vibe mm-hmm. that it, it that delves a lot into ancient Sith and Jedi lore. 
that might have, if it were in the film, made the seemingly abrupt return of Palpatine, because there's no hint in the other two movies, maybe it would have given more time to breathe on that subplot. Yeah, although I don't mind the Palpatine arriving in the crawl. No? I don't have a problem with that. I've seen a lot of people who do. Yeah, I I get it. But, I mean, things are supposed to happen between these films. And, again, that's that's probably a flaw in Last Jedi and Mm. and a thing that probably hamstrung it a little bit was there wasn't that time. One of the greatest things to me in the world was watching Empire Strikes Back and watching one of the first things Luke says is, Han, old buddy, do you read me? Old buddy. Not yeah. we're bickering, not, you know, your kid and you're that guy. Yeah. Don't talk to me that way. Mm. You know, we're close. We're tight. That means we've endured some things. There's a lot of water that's gone under the bridge during there's the time lot. between In those the films. In the original trilogy, there's a lot of little hints like that. Like, um... Uh, like, like the uh, someone you know the bounty hunter on Ord Mantell yeah or someone must have told him about my little maneuver at the Battle of Tanakh yeah like a lot of little throwaway lines that just give a sense of time yeah passing and uh, I you know I think things do need to happen off screen I think things do need to happen between films I mean think about think about the fact that the entirety of the Clone Wars with the exception of the first and last battles happens off screen. Yeah, that's true. War. It's yeah. The first word of the Revenge of the Sith. War! Call, Exclamation point. Where we literally saw the the first battle launch in the end yeah. of Attack of the Clones. And so there's this this, this entire war uh, that's happened. That almost kind of reminds me of... All right, get ready for one of many probably Tolkien connections. Okay. Uh, in the end of The Hobbit, famously in the book, um, once the big battle begins... Bilbo's on the battlefield and gets knocked out. Uh-huh. And in the book, then he wakes up and comes to and kind of has his final moment with Thorin, and they, he learns a little bit about the battle. Of course, now, when Peter Jackson's doing the movie, it'd be really boring. You can't have your movies. hero unconscious on the sidelines during the big stuff. Uh, so, of course, that's not the case, but I remember when that movie came out, like, Tolkien purists that kind of liked the fact that the battle wasn't the point of the end of the book. Mm. Um, you can't resist having a, a nice goblin... You know, oh yeah, Battle no. of the Five Armies, and it looks it looks amazing in the movie, despite a lot of plot holes. But this is not a Hobbit podcast. Um, <laughs> but I, I will say this: I, I like how um, there's that just dramatic moment that you can kind of compare with this whole evolution of Ray's training and this whole mm-hmm. um, Kylo Ren's the leader of the First Order trying to hunt down a threat to his power like this whole movie that hasn't happened and as much as we criticize the Luke movie that didn't happen mm-hmm. before The Last Jedi I think this works a lot better because yeah. the Luke the Luke stuff that doesn't happen it requires uh, that little that exercise of filling in the gaps of uh, why Luke would have given up on Kylo yeah although funny enough this film kind of does a little bit more to explain that because Absolutely. I've seen some really good um, analysis that when you think about it this way if the Emperor is the one who's been in Kylo's head whose head is Luke looking in when he gives up on Kylo hmm yeah it's Kylo That's an interesting point if the too. Emperor has this grand scheming plan going way back it makes a lot more mm-hmm. sense the darkness that Luke Skywalker sees yeah does that require an extra three to seven leaps of logic that we don't really see on screen yes I recognize okay, that but that's fine but uh, just as a fan watching Rise of Skywalker if you approach this movie with a willingness to let J.J. Abrams fill in some of those gaps and let your mind as a Star Wars fan fill in some of those gaps you're going to have a much better time 
approaching this movie than if you're like, all right, now spoon it to me. All right, well, yeah, it. but there's also, there's also not everything has to be spelled out. I'm going to go back to The Godfather Part 2, which I've been going back to a lot in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I can't tell you to this day, and I've watched it very, 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 very closely. Mm. I can't tell you to this day what Michael's true intentions are for Hyman Roth mm-hmm. in that film, okay? Yeah. And I've even gone to Quora to try and figure out what happened with Michael and Hyman Roth. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I'm not entirely certain exactly what happens there, but it's it's good that it's up for speculation. It's good that it's it's a point of debate and contention. You can't really tell exactly. You don't but you don't have it spoon-fed to you. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite movies of all time is Memento. Hmm. You don't have Memento spoon-fed to you. Yes. It just doesn't happen. Uh, yeah. There are connections that you have to make yourself, and sometimes you have to speculate on things that may not necessarily be 100% there. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, and there's there's sort of like not being spoon-fed. Then there are like legitimate plot holes, and then there are legitimate where you really have to bend over backwards, like Pergill skulls are part of the technology behind Sith Wayfinders. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all yeah. right, all right. Yeah. Yep, you connected your Star Wars Rebels TV show to here. Congratulations, Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've been having a lot of fun with this digital dictionary, actually. Yes. Um, but And that's the other thing, just flipping through it, it, it just reminds me of, there's a visual language to this film that indicates uh, a whole vast mythology behind it the uh, on exegol the giant sith statues the the arena of these dark hooded people um the technology behind the emperor's return is it is this the same emperor or is this another visage cloning dark side technology that you know palpatine had in the works hundreds of years ago and it's a completely different physical body from Palpatine there's a lot of um, elements to the visual well, language let me here. throw some of that in there yeah because I in watching it I've, I've kind of developed the theory that it is Palpatine's physical body his original body but mm. it's not all of it oh because you never really until the end when he starts sucking out the life force from the dyad mm. you don't see him walk you don't see his legs yeah you never see it. his hands are incomplete yeah, mm-hmm. and so I think I think it may just be the upper chunk of Palpatine. Yeah, and that's like upper torso, head, and shoulders, and then eventually that all the rest of it comes with his sucking out their life We've force. We've seen this before too, by the way. Um, for the people who saw the scene, like you can't just—that's not how the force works. You can't just suck the life <laughs> out. I think of the Maul arc in Clone Wars and mm-hmm. how uh, the the ancient the oldest idea of the Sith the preserving your own life the sort of selfish idea that um, I will be eternal mm-hmm. I am the ultimate center of the universe a lesson learned well by Twitter by the, these days by the way <laughs> but that idea that Sith like idea of I am the center of the universe and I shall reign eternal mm-hmm. um, that is a core Sith concept that this film fits right into with Palpatine yeah. And we see the physical embodiment of Maul as a sort of spider as he's using the dark side to just pry his life, clutch onto it. Yeah. Um, using whatever body parts. And of course, it takes the shape of a spider, a sort of kind of poetic element there. But we see the same idea with Palpatine where he's just clutching to whatever form of life he can take to still exert his will yep. over everyone. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not going to add anything to that. 
And also now I want to stop podcasting because it's the Han Solo scene. <laughs> yes, we are watching Rise of Skywalker while we talk about this. Not really commentary, but no, we talked about it a little bit. But I have to say, this is my favorite scene in the whole movie. Um, I just think it. You know what's funny this, to me? What what the scene does? Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm terribly interrupting. Go ahead. No, go but ahead. What it does is it threads. This is probably the best example of a character arc through The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. The deeds split you in two. Like, that yeah. idea is right there in The Last Jedi, and J.J. Abrams takes that element perfectly to create a mirror image in this moment where he tosses the lightsaber. It, this is Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I'm a smuggler, like my father before me. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's my favorite. You were saying, sorry. I was just going to say, it's funny because I've talked to a number of people. Um, I didn't think it was any great mystery what he was about to say to his father there, especially with the line that his father said back. Oh, yeah, no. But I've had so many people not get that. Yeah. Well, they need to catch up on Star Wars. Well, I mean, they yeah. were like, he was going to say, Dad, I'm sorry. It's like, no, he wasn't going to say, I'm sorry. No. He's gonna say I love you. Yeah, Aww. that's why he says I know. Mm, yeah. That's his line. That's. Mm-hmm. I I think yeah. Everyone I watch, even so, my fiance Savannah, who just went through and watched all the films this last yes. year for the first time, got that one. I don't understand like, why people. Classic. There are people who didn't get that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Boy, oh. that's a great shot. Oh yep, look here we go. The Star Destroyer slash Death Star. <laughs> Was this a lot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we've, but we've, you know, we've sithed up the, the empire. Yeah, yeah. It's looking good. Yep. You know, one of the other things I think is interesting is in talking with a lot of people who were, uh, when I was doing the My Star Wars Story podcast right around the time Force Awakens came out, one of the things that I've been told, yeah. people who were kind of inside, was that there was kind of a directive that we don't talk about Jedi and Sith, we talk about light side and dark side yes and all of a sudden with this movie sith came roaring back into the lexicon once more the sith will rule the galaxy and the word sith literally was used once yeah. in uh force awakens mm, that's true and uh, i you know it's all over this movie it's sith this and sith that it's full of sith yeah yeah, that's true. Well, and I loved all the visual design of the Sith Troopers, the Sith Order, the Final Order mm-hmm. with the Sith insignias on their their uniforms. And we don't get to see a lot of them. No. Man. And again, like the the, the, the back half of this movie, I can see I could see being its own 2-hour its own 2-hour deal. Mm-hmm. Cuz and there are some things I will say cuz we are being very effuse in our praise. There are a few things, especially in this back half that just kind of feel rushed, like the Leia sacrifice moment. Um yeah. feels rushed to me. Like uh, the, I mean, def, uh, besides the fact that I didn't like, for a litany of reasons, was not a fan of the the Raylo kiss at the end. <laughs> if nothing else, it's also very rushed. Both times I've seen it, there was laughter when he disappeared really? right after kissing her. Really, in the theater, yeah. opening night, shrieking. Yeah. Oh yeah, little girls shrieking. Oh, really? Absolutely, because I didn't see it opening night, so you can kind of oh. give me some of those. Oh, you were at a press screening. Biggest, that's right. Yeah, what were the biggest? Because I was amongst like all the like salty nerds, right? Ah. Like, I'm rating my review. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. He yeah. died after he kissed her. <laughs> I have a wry sense of sarcastic humor, hmm. and I'm 38, and I'm a blogger. <laughs> I say this like I'm also the one in that press press screen. Yeah, I'm also guilty. Of course. Um, but so, what were the big moments for opening night for you? Like the big crowd reaction. The big crowd reaction. Babu Frick. Yeah. Absolutely popular. nailed it. Three PO. 
Yeah. Three PO owned the movie. Yeah. Um, nice. The, the interaction amongst the big three in this mm. film, and uh, Luke showing up when Luke showed up, we got a big cheer. Mm. Um, and of course, just the the ending Chewie getting his medal got a round of applause oh really yeah nice. I, I laughed but uh, everybody yeah, else sure. everybody else because I was just like oh my god how much more can so, they throw on top so of this so for us it's overplayed but for like most people who yeah. they've heard of that internet joke once they're like oh yeah yeah there you go yeah. And see, but see, in my head, Cannon Chew already has a medal. Mm. There's a Marvel story called The Day After the Death Star where oh he my gets God, his medal. Here we, so. go. here we go again. <laughs> hey, look, Porgs. Yeah, they're um, Porgs. Can still continuing to not serve a story function, unlike Babu Frick <laughs> or Baby Yoda. Babu Frick is my favorite new character. He gotta love him. You can't um, not love him. Hello, my oldest and dearest friends. <laughs> <laughs> 3PO went over huge in the movie. He really That's did. That's great. Yeah, I just, I like that. I like that that's a thing that 3PO mm-hmm. came into his own I mean it's going to make Anthony Daniels even more insufferable <laughs> if that's even possible I'm actually but, listening to his book right now on audio oh yeah yeah <laughs> I was I, I remember Anthony Daniels before new movies were coming out and he was I mean he was still full of himself in that sort of classic Anthony Daniels way mm-hmm. but he would still like he did an interview with us back at Celebration mm-hmm. way back in the day um, gave us like a 10 minute little little thing it was nice of him was it because it was bethany asking and ah, it's hard to say no to bethany that's true it's like yeah um <laughs> but i try to think i i we've kind of uh covered it as far as this broad strokes is there is are there any things that you feel like there's a lot of the things everyone's talking about the luke skywalker coming back catching the lightsaber moment the 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 emperor moment the kylo ren sacrifice but are, are there any moments to you that jumped out that you think are are undercover that aren't being talked about that that you have? Note that there are no robots in the Force. Hmm. Watch watch Luke's Force ghost and what we oh. never see his hand. Hmm. The hand, I guess, is just gone. The right hand never shows up. Oh. There's no mechanical hand, but there's no. It's not restored either. I guess for whatever yeah. reason. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you want to see more than uh, Luke and Leia at the very end? Uh, where they- I, I got to tell you, of the things I have a complaints about, I do have some complaints about some of the usage of the Leia footage. Uh, uh, I think the very first yeah. time they use it, it's good. And after that, there's some really tricky, tough ones where I go, you know, they did this better in Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. But <laughs> uh, that last shot of Luke and Leia just... It really looks cheesy to me. Oh, really? And it it strikes me as a. Do you ever go to a lock in? <laughs> no, but I know well what you're talking about. I used to go to they they have these lock ins of these churches, and you'd stay all night and play games, and they'd show you movies that were supposed to scare you into joining their church that night, <laughs> and uh, it just looked. And there were always these cheap cheesy movies, and it just looked like one of the last shots from a lock in movie for some reason <laughs> to me. I was. Yeah, I liked it. I I I saw. I could have seen where it would have been interesting to see Ben as a force ghost. Mm. Um, because we, you know, we see Leia disappear and, and him disappear at the same time. Mm. But, um, or like seeing more of the Jedi order, but I think it was sufficient to, uh, um, incorporate well, the Jedi in the way that they're incorporated with their voices kind of coming from the blo- yeah. from the beyond. Well, and the, the moment where you see Luke and Leia, it is the moment Ray's deciding to become a Skywalker. She didn't say I'm Ray Jedi. She said I'm yeah. Ray Skywalker. I'm Ray Star Wars. Yeah, I'm Ray Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I. Now, if she'd said lines. that, yes, I would have. 
I, then I would have stood up and cheered. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I just I didn't like the look of that shot. It just looked like something from a 1978, a bad 1978 church recruitment film. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Oh, here's one of the candy moments. This is just going to become a commentary at this point. <laughs> no, the uh, the lightsaber, the lightsaber has been caught, and the X-wing has risen. Do you get frustrated with other people say the uh, the panel, the S foil, yeah, thing is My supposed God. to be his door? No, I got very frustrated with the people that got frustrated with that Mark Hurlman on our commentary could not get past the panel, which, by the way, has been retconned. Has it? Yeah, it's like a it's a display panel from the surface of the wing, like the S foil. Okay. Uh, that is removed in the shot in the CGI shot. Evidently, we can look at, take a look at it because I saw, but I saw this on Twitter from uh, one Matt Martin, like you do. Where well, yeah. He he said he like the, he had talked to the VFX team and said that they they had done that. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't like Cats where they went and redid the whole effects and no. re-released the movie the same weekend. Wait, did they really? Yeah, you didn't see that? I've, no. They I, reissued Cats. The only thing I know Cats. about Cats is, is, is Cats as a punchline for the <laughs> weekend Star Wars game. Yeah. Well, it's uh, Cats. What, what was the movie that came out with The Force Awakens that same weekend? Uh, they, were, they were literally doing marketing tie-ins poking fun of the fact that everyone was going to see Star Wars oh yeah what I, was that I can't remember but it was funny I do and, well they did that with uh, The Spy Who Shagged Me too oh yeah if you must see one movie this summer see Star Wars but if you see two movies <laughs> and hey it worked it was a big hit <laughs> but uh, yeah. I'm trying to think hmm mm. yeah I can't remember now. That's that's fair. That's yeah. Well, all right. I feel like uh, I feel like we were now getting distracted at the point of where we just want. Now we're watching the movie. movie. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to take this opportunity to, to wrap up this podcast episode. Uh, Mr. Scott Ripon, parting shots. Um, kind of wrapping up our initial coverage of the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, it's a very Return of the Jedi movie. It is. Um, yeah. And and I don't think there's anything wrong with having a Return of the Jedi movie here. Yeah. No, that's actually, I'm glad you said that because that is when I've talked about this to other um, fans or people who, again, you ask for that 10 second elevator pitch. Mm. It is that it's the it's the it's the movie that dares to be cute mm-hmm. and also dares to have the happy ending for everybody. Yep. Um, Han Solo lives and gets the girl. Luke Skywalker redeems his father and, you, you know, uh burns the visage of the sith it's happily ever after and the ewoks are dancing yeah you know this is that movie um for for good or for ill and in the same way that people have criticized return of the jedi um i i love how and this is one thing that this last year i've really this last year i've probably dug more into the original trilogy than i ever have in fandom before mm. and as a result of some things like the this this the story of star wars podcast um and and like some of this the star wars uh podcast coming from wondery um, this year that uh, I've had a chance to kind of immerse myself more in that world of the original trilogy era of filmmaking and some of that original material. Yeah. 
it really started off i i'd never i'd seen like empire of dreams and stuff but i never really dug in beyond that until this last year with some of those podcasts and then maybe i guess what sort of launched my more interest in the original trilogy era was also the how star wars conquered the universe by chris taylor mm. um that was my first time of digging into because i didn't live that yeah and so this has been more of a recent thing because i grew up you know, reading the backs of all the action figures in Walmart hmm. for the prequels. And like, I want to know all about Kiati Monday and that's just my yeah. fandom. So as I've dug more into the original trilogy this last year, I think that made this film more satisfying for me because I still remember like reading in, and hearing interviews with George Lucas at the time of like, Oh, there should have been more sacrifice. There should have been more meaning and weight behind the ending of return of the Jedi. Mm. And, and that's never what it was. It was, it was, it was popular science fiction. It was going to be your popcorn well, cereal. And these happy movies, ending. these movies are supposed to eventually have a happy ending. Yeah. Even if Empire Strikes Back didn't have a happy ending at the end of the day, there was a happy ending. They're supposed yeah. to be. That's yeah. what they, that's part of what they are. Yeah. The Millennium Falcon shows up and so do 700 other starships. And yeah. there's the Tana four. Well, that's another one of those things to me that is, uh, <laughs> very much a return of the Jedi thing. If you remember return of the Jedi during the space battle, there's one shot in there that at the time was the record holder for the most objects composited into one shot. Oh, wow. Yeah. There, there had never been as many spaceships put into one shot yeah. as there had been in that one shot in Return of the Jedi during the space battle. Here, I think they literally went out and blew that record away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, well, there are, There's a shot in there with that whole fleet oh yeah the yeah I, I remember seeing that in the tv spot when it first came out yeah everyone's stunning. picking out like but that's exactly what this movie is like oh and there's for you rebels fans there you go there's there's Hera ship there also here's lando yeah he's w- hooping and hollering in the millennium falcon and with 700 other ships you know <laughs> also yep. also the emperor dies also yeah. kylo ren shows up and he's been sky <laughs> been solo now he's been skylo <laughs> he's been he's uh, somebody you, but it is. It's. I, I love that we get all of those kind of unashamed, yeah. happy ending moments. Uh, here's. Oh, by the way, you know, you like to that, that X-wing series of books. Boom. Here you go. Yeah. Um, here's Dennis Lawson. Here's Dennis yeah. Lawson. Here's Wedge. You've been asking where's Wedge. Here's he didn't Wedge. want to do a stupid cameo in a Star Wars movie before, but you know what? He's doing a stupid Last cameo in a Star one, Wars. Here you go. Doing it. Um, that might have been part of the negotiation deal to make the Obi Wan series go forward, since he's uh, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's his uh, uncle. That's so. true. That's true. Although we did lose Snap Wexley. We did Snap lose Wex- Snap Wexley. Um, God rest his soul. So, yeah, yeah I love that. Um, so, but again, that's just that's just the Star Wars saga's discrimination against the fat. Amen, brother. You know, they amen. killed Porkins. They killed Snap. Yeah, I, fat people don't survive in Star Wars. And I think it's wrong. It's. I think. I think it's wrong that that's the only representation that we have. Yeah, there's no representation. Is yeah. that they all die? They all die <laughs> piloting ships. Apparently, they're not that good as ship pilots. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. In the military, there are plenty of overweight. Pi- Wait, actually, no. It's no, I was gonna say. As, <laughs> I work in a flying squadron, and there are no, there are no overweight. There's no, no fat representation no. in the United States Air Force. Darn it. Um, so anyway, there's that. Curse the luck. Uh, all right, we're gonna finish watching this movie now. Uh, right. I'm out. Uh, hey, check out my Star Wars story, and check out if you want an actual commentary uh, in the feed at my Star Wars story podcast. Um, it's you, Steve Gloss, and Chaz Bazaar. Uh, Correct. Uh, I can't wait. I'm gonna go catch this movie again and listen to well, it. Well, and those guys are brilliant. I yeah. just I love hearing what they have to say. Yeah. No. There are times when I'm trying to figure out what to say because I'm so busy <laughs> listening to what they have to say. Yeah. No. No. Those guys. And hopefully we can get um, Steve on soon too. I hope so. Um, 
because uh, we he was going to come on Star Wars tonight, but we had to reschedule. I'm like, all right, we're going to catch you after the movie. Mm. So we'll try to get that worked out. Um, also, uh, at Rifit on Twitter. Sure. Uh, uh, if you want, it's uh, it's a little sketchy sometimes. <laughs> I've said this before when you're on the show. You actually tweet things I disagree with. Good. Yeah. I hope so. I uh, I disagree, uh, but I but I still I still talk to you. It's funny how that works. <laughs> That's good. Um, it, it happens. Um, but yeah, <laughs> try it out, people. Uh, also, you can uh, 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 participate along. We we want more of your feedback. We'll be doing a feedback show soon. So starwarsreport at gmail What do you think of the rise of Skywalker? Uh, follow us at starwarsreport. Facebook.com slash starwarsreport. And if you want to. You can find me on social media. It's at the Riley Guy, R I L E Y. Instagram's the best place to hang out. Um, but I'm also on Twitter, Snapchat. If you do that kind of thing, um, having a good time. So, uh, until next time, may the force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. Also, General Pride died. General Pride did. I was going to yeah, say, did you so, say that. Yeah, this whole thing. He was just right there. Also, I think a lot of these horses died. <laughs> uh, there's that too. <laughs> All right, I'm out. I'm out. Good show.